0: I think I should have done that. Just try to sing over. That wasn't, uh, if I can actually, if I just look at your reaction when we started the show, you were like, yeah, let's never do that again. I never want to hear you sing. Please stop doing that.
1: <laughs> no, it's good. Man. Go for it, man. No, I'm just- looking. I'm, I'm looking at the game All Star game right now, so I'm sorry. I'm not paying attention to what you're saying, so that's okay.
0: No, that's okay. That's. I'm used to it. I got two kids, but uh, and, and uh, I, I should. The funny thing is, like uh, we we put we put the game live, which is not really a good idea for two uh, persons, uh, two persons, two people suffering from uh, from ADHD. Is that um, how you say it
1: in English? In, in French, ADHD. is ADHD. Yep. ADHD. Am I saying it
0: right? Without being yep. medicated, uh, so it's one all. Uh, let's just mention that because uh, right now we're live on the podcast. Game over. Welcome to the show. Sorry. We're just uh, we're into the game right now. So uh, we'll come to the uh, Game Over podcast live at 10 o'clock on, uh, well, sometimes Mondays, sometimes Tuesdays. We keep switching things Whatever. around. Exactly. And, um, and we're watching, uh, obviously, the All Star game, uh, which the American League has won 20 out of the last 25 times. So, uh, real dominance. What's going on? You made the team, what,
1: three times? Yep, three times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, three times. That was fun. That was a, a great honor. Great honor. But
0: that's the right answer. That's what they all say. It's great honor. Yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't say the same thing in French, but yeah, that's fine. It was a great honor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, you said by the third, the third All Star game, you were bored. <laughs> I remember. That's
1: the beauty of having a bilingual podcast. You can just change your answers. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Make it better. Now. Make it better now. On but the French yeah,
0: podcast, in the third game, you, I was bored, man. I wanted yeah. my day off, and now you're honored. I love it.
1: I no, no. Who were the games? The first one was in Milwaukee. A, a, yeah, first one was in Milwaukee. That's where uh, that was actually the first time that I went there, and it was amazing. I mean, that's I had my whole family there. Uh, I, had the, I had the chance to walk in that clubhouse with the guys at Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, all the you know the studs, Roger Clemens, G. There on the other side. It was unbelievable. Very over, overwhelming. You don't understand how much autographs you have to do. It's probably like five thousand autograph balls are everywhere. Just kind of. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. It's fun. It's very, uh, very humbling experience. And when you walk in that clubhouse, you have a two billion dollar, you know, two billion dollar worth of contracts in the room. It's pretty impressive. It, it, it is amazing. But yeah, but and not the, just that. But
0: I mean, the, the first game. It's like it's not like you have the imposter syndrome. But I mean, it was your third year in the league. So oh, what were you? Like 27, 28, twenty
1: eight. First all star game. Twenty seven. I think. Twenty seven. Yeah, because you broke out. In, you were twenty four. 2002,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you feel like a kid. You're like, the, you know, you you're you're like the new kid on the block and stuff. So uh, no, it's gonna be pretty impressive, and yeah, just uh, cool. yeah, that means it's at the cool. time the Brewers were still in the American League then.
1: Uh were they? Well, I if you said I, it
0: was the first time you walked into the building,
1: no, I was uh, actually I was home. I was like, uh, we were home, and that's the first time that well, actually not the first time, but that was the first time I've ever heard a commissioner getting booed. That was Bud Selig. It was a tie yeah. game. And they end up in a tie game, where we ran out of pitchers and didn't know what to do. And that's when they should have done the home run contest after or whatever. But no that's at the year after. The year after, that's when they came up where they, they, you know, this time it counts. And obviously, I was right in the middle of my uh, streak, 84-in-a-row streak. And that's You when also mentioned that in stage. French.
0: You're allowed to mention it in English.
1: Yeah, why not? That's what <laughs> we're doing too. So we're getting better <laughs> in the English side. And, but no, it's, it's, it was fun. I mean, it was crazy. But then uh, that's when Waylock yeah. uh, hit home run off of me and uh, – Chicago. You blew to the save at
0: team. the all-star game. I love it. But but I mean your your, your streak, uh you kept your streak alive, man. You'd sled those eighty four yeah. games, straight to uh, save games. And just,
1: uh, this, time did, this time didn't count. It didn't count for my streaks. Yeah. So that's good. It count for home field advantage, but it didn't count yeah. for my streak. Is that
0: actually what you said once you once you gave up that home run? Was like, it doesn't count. It doesn't count, <laughs> Mr. streak Did you know? It doesn't count
1: that. to me. It doesn't count for me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it to the World Series, so I didn't care. But I, but I got no, a, I, I, I got a real question because we all know what professional
0: athletes are like, and like, like you said, and I, of course I believe it, Ben. It's a real honor. It's you know, it's like a, three days of, it's a, it's, it's a party fest. I mean, it's, you're there with the, the best of the best. Uh, everybody's happy to be there. Everybody's gonna smile. The family's around and stuff. But once the game starts, we know what you guys are like, professional athletes, not just baseball players, but hockey players. I mean, I once played ping pong against Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens. I almost beat him. And honestly, I was two points away from beating him, and his eyes changed.
1: And the the competitor came out. I know.
0: We're Mm -hmm. talking ping pong. You know what I mean? So when it comes to the All-Star game, does it stay, like, very light? Does the atmosphere stay light for the whole game? Or once it's like play ball, you guys are so into it.
1: It's pretty light. I mean, it's not really – you know, you want to say that you're you're doing 100% effort, but you're going to throw a lot more fastball. You're there for the show. You're not there just to win it all the time. And It's, it's, it's not game seven
0: sense. of the World Series.
1: No, it's not. I mean, but, you know, don't get me wrong. Everybody's trying to hardest. Everybody's going out there to have fun, but everybody's trying to everybody – nobody wants to get embarrassed, and that's really – that comes down to just not getting embarrassed in front of the whole world. And I think it's, you know, everybody yeah. competes hard. Like blowing a save
0: just, against the uh... <laughs> –
1: <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. But no, it was fun. I'm sorry. It was, I mean, it's, sorry. I it was a great you. honor, like I said earlier, but it's cool. The way they do it now. Would you at like, least did believe
0: it when you say it? it? You're
1: just, you're at least try to sound... I do believe it. I just i, I do know. believe it. I
0: don't, know, I don't know why. I just feel like messing with you because <laughs> people didn't see it. But before, because um, we did the French podcast before, we took a quick break because we went pretty long. We had, like three minutes between two podcasts. Uh, so we, Gags and I just went quickly to the bathroom. Uh, he's in phoenix i'm in montreal and when you came back i was like I said, are you barefooted and he goes yeah and i go man how, how comfortable can you be man it's like you know it's like
1: yeah, i'm wearing short shorts and no yeah, shoes
0: i know that exactly I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing i'm doing a podcast with a guy who once it's over does yoga for six hours that's what i feel like man. <laughs> <Yes. It's>
1: like- <laughs> that's my gym right there my gym's right next door.
0: i know right. i've been to your house i've been there you even you even sent me your stretching uh, routine which i'm trying to copy i'm pretty i'm in pretty good shape but man, this is like this is this is next level. I mean, this is like I don't know what
1: it took me five years to get to that flexibility, but it's it's fun. Five years really? Did you watch the home run contest last night? I know you did, but we sat there we talked about it, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean You asked me the question Vladi in French and, and
0: yeah. We watched it Vladi together.
1: Winning, I know, I know. If <laughs> winning it and all that then Were you were you
0: honored it. to watch it with me? <laughs>
1: you're actually interrupting my i'm sorry go on, <laughs> go
0: on go on go on go on
1: go on that no, was, was cool That was cool yeah. they, uh, you know the one thing is i you know we we're looking on social media everybody's complaining about the format or not nah, would it change anything to me it was very entertaining you know, of course you know they got you have pitchers that throw a little slower than others there's guys in the box hitter hitters yeah. that actually have a little little uh, slower reload i would say and uh, it was actually yeah. pretty fun Well, I Black
0: know what you're talking about, because the Rochman kid uh, from Baltimore, uh, I just love, I, I, you know, I love all these, you kids. Know, Rochman, Anderson, uh, they just called that Westberg kid who, uh, I don't know what's going on in Baltimore, but I just love it. But his dad was throwing to him. I mean, I'm, how amazing was that? But he was taking his time probably just savoring the moment, which is I mean, if I was throwing to my kid at the All-Star game, trust me, I would take my time, you know, because yeah. w- we could see, like, other coaches. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you know, th- it was the Blue Jays coach who threw the Vlad. Why, why am I having a blank? People to don't them?
1: realize how hard it is. I Just imagine how nervous like People don't understand how hard it is to throw batting practice. When I coach in AAA, I was a bullpen coach in AAA for Nashville. And I'm like, oh, I can throw. I mean, that's what I do. I throw strikes. And then I went over there, and it's Eli White. I hit him right in the back. And after that, I think I couldn't throw because we're used to throw a hundred, you know, as hard as we can, a hundred percent. That was really hard. So I hats off for the, all the BP throwers yesterday because it's not that easy. It looks easy, but it's oh. hard to just throw cookies out there. We're not used to that. And it's a lot of pressure for these guys. that are not used. They don't get paid to pitch in front of people. And then no, you obviously wonder- not.
0: But you know, if I get if if I get plunked by someone, you know, throwing me BP like we saw yesterday, I don't think I'd be on the ground rolling around just crying. You know, my life. No, but
1: you, it's a lot of pressure for them. Not really. Yeah, probably, but you know, you're not going to break someone's there.
0: ribs. You know, that's, you know that's what I'm talking I'm about. Not,
1: I'm not worried about getting hurt. I'm worried about embarrassing yourself on the mound, and it's hard because you get the yips very easily.
0: That's what I was looking for, the yips. Yeah, exactly. But the, you know, once again, the you know, the Rutchman, you know, hitting from both sides. How amazing was that? And because oh, sure. uh, well, yeah, I came into the house, it was, uh, it was the beginning of the second round. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was there. That's when you and I FaceTimed. And, uh, and first comment, we, I, th- I think we said it at the same time. These kids are monsters, man. Oh. They probably have like, you know, 0.5% body fat.
1: They're all, they're all amazing athletes. They're all young. They all look like they're 15 years old, hitting bombs. This guy yeah. hitting bombs from both sides. It's it's ridiculous the talent out there, and it was just fun to watch. I mean, it was a great show. They they step up their game. MLB is doing a good job, and it's it's it was fun to watch. And now they're. No, it's two-one by the way in the seventh inning.
0: Yeah, for who? Because I I can't see. I got the uh, two, oh, for the American League, yeah. obviously. You and I'm 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 happy you're talking about the kids because we're gonna have our guest today is Greg Hamilton, who's the head of Baseball Baseball Canada. Uh, also made the selection for the uh, WBC, the World Baseball Classic. Uh, someone He's you a know, big boss. you've known He's him. He's a big boss. He runs everything. Yeah, that's what I is. should. You, I should have just said that. He's like the godfather of baseball in Canada. How's that for an intro? Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll talk to him in a few seconds, and uh, you know him very well. So, uh, But um, before we actually get there, uh, quickly, uh, would you bring back the 10-out the, uh, rules for uh, the home run co- uh, contest? For those who don't know, there used to be a time <laughs> yeah. when 10-outs, uh, meaning if you had a grounder or if the ball didn't make it out of the park, it was considered an out. So uh, would you do that? I mean,
1: I would. Uh, you know, I, I had fun last night watching it. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you can't just go on forever. You can't take pitches and all that stuff. So I would not change it. I did like the 10 outs. I think it's the, the only thing is you have to rush a little bit. You might have to rush a hitter. It's different. You might have to rush a pitcher a little bit differently. So, I mean, I would keep it that way. But uh, MLB is open to all changes. So I think it's it was good. It was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of fast pace is exciting to watch. I think the, the hitter, the player is going to adjust. And I think they've done the same thing with the pitch clock, so I might as well have pitch clock everywhere now. Yeah. It works that way. So but, no, it was fun. I would I don't think I would change it. I like the ten outs because you can really see the real power. You would see a lot more long home runs because yesterday like they got an extra thirty seconds for every home run to hit over four hundred forty feet. Yeah. And there's a couple of guys that got it. I mean the, the cool thing is I went on a on a gambling app. I put money on <laughs> who's gonna win it, who wasn't gonna win it. And the cool thing is there's a there's actually a uh there's actually a really cool uh Bet you could put this balls hit over four hundred thirty feet, four hundred fifty feet, four hundred sixty feet, and you could bet on that. So that was pretty kind of that was fun. Well, I think I wouldn't change much. I mean, it's there's always we always complain about things here and there, but that was actually a lot of entertainment. That was yeah. fun. Now, I haven't I haven't watched a uh, Omeran contest in a while. That was very cool to watch those kids. The guy, a switch hitter. You got Vladdy going out there. Was my pick. I I picked two guys. I picked a I picked a long shot, and I picked a favorite, which favorite was Vladdy. And I picked
0: the long shot was uh, Randy Arizona. <laughs> no, I'm Arizona. Oh, man. Arizona. Uh, now you put that in my head. I pronounced it right in the French podcast. Now you got me thinking uh-huh. in Randy Arizona. Arizona. Arizonera. Oh, Jesus Christ. People are listening to us. Arizonera. It wasn't that much of a long shot. If you wanted to pick the long shot, Mookie Betts was a long shot, man.
1: That was the yeah, biggest, you know, obviously. So, go all uh, in, Mookie's a line drive hitter. I knew he wasn't going to win. He said he wasn't going to win, so I listened to him. No, when but, Mookie you, talked, you listened to him.
0: Yeah, I, You know, I love it because this is actually uh, this well, like, this like our sixth episode of the podcast, and that's what the podcast business is all about, man. Slow start and just build up and build up. And we got uh, Jacob, Simard, Jacob Simard. See, I can sit it mm-hmm. in a bilingual way who is asking us a question, what do we think of the uh, Max Clark phenomenon? Max Clark was picked fourth or fifth. Am I correct, Simon? Uh, check it out for us. Um, you know what? Troisième. Oh, that's right. They picked, that's right. They skipped Langford. Langford, uh, I really thought that uh, Langford would, uh, would go third overall, and he actually went uh, fourth. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it when you to the Detroit Tigers, yes, I knew that. Thanks for writing it on the on the board, but uh, I actually knew it. I should have said it. I should have said it. But um, the this draft was pretty deep. I mean, you know, they everybody really said the top five. Any other year would have been number one overall. Honestly, we all talk about schemes and and crews, and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Where we'll debate, you know, Scott Boris' influence. On the game, that's where you and I disagree. We have to keep it short because otherwise we scream at each other. But that's okay. Yep. We're like an old couple. We're allowed to do that. And um, But honestly, the, the one man, the one guy I love is that Florida kid, Langford, going forward to the Rangers. I think it's a perfect environment. I think the kid's going to go to the minors really fast. Uh, these guys are all beasts. And uh, Max Clark, if I'm correct, is also – it was a surprise because, first of all, he's a high school pick. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it'll take uh, you know a couple of extra years. But um, – uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with Detroit. I mean, I keep thinking, like, Torkelson, uh, who was drafted in the first round, what, three, four years ago? I don't know. I mean, everything with COVID kind of, like, you know, got me screwed up. But he's not putting up the numbers he's supposed to because I think they rushed him. So, you know what? Whenever we talk about the draft and we talk about phenomenon, we can talk about all these guys. We can talk about the top ten being phenomenons. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, like, it's how you're being developed by the organization, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you get picked, I mean, you talk about they're all studs. I mean, they're all guys that are going to be amazing. Maybe not like superstars in Major League Baseball, but these guys are going to make it there. And then whoever picks them now, organizations they know how to they know how to get those guys ready for the big leagues. uh I mean, the first two picks to me, they, you know, I'm a pitcher guy. I'm all about you know drafting arms, drafting arms, drafting yeah. arms. Just...
0: If you were if a GM, dog, you would pick 18 dog pitchers dog. out of the 20 rounds, man. That's what. Yeah, and the, the other two the would be catchers gear. to throw to.
1: I'm just saying, like you, you win, you win ball game with pitching and defense. We all know that. That's just the way it is. You know, it's like in hockey. If you find a good goalie, you can get a good goalie. You're pretty much set. You just have to fill in the rest. But same thing with pitchers. If you have good, you know, if you can get arms, you get arms. I think it's the, basically that's the way I would go. Of course, there's injury and everything else that comes into play. But it's really hard to get a position player. And to really understand like this projection, where is he going to go? How is he going to translate to an A ball, double A, triple A? I mean, there's a huge difference in double A, triple A. Just think about colleges to pro ball. There's another big difference. Predictability is a little tougher to do on hitters. That's why I'm not a big hitter draft guy. But, I mean, these kids are amazing. I mean, you talk about guys, like they compare these guys with Mike Trout. They talk with, what's his name? Yeah, Cruz, yeah.
0: No pressure at all. No, there's no pressure. You've just been drafted. Hey, you're the next Mike Trout. Well, thanks for bursting my bubble. Not going to live
1: with that. Yeah, do give him that contract, Trout, to see what happens. <laughs> oh, he's gonna get
0: that contract because your boy Boris is representing him, so he'll probably get like money and someone's liver and kidneys for free, including and uh, some kind of bowl that's gonna be creepy from the black market. Anyway, that's just my opinion. There you go. But uh, before we actually uh, have Craig uh, and Craig, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, Craig's already. Uh, Greg Hamilton is, is with us already. Uh, he's waiting in line. But uh, quickly, um, before the All Star break, uh, Eli uh, Dela Cruz. The last game before the All Star break, stole three bases in the same inning. So you guys, you know, real baseball fan figured out stole second, third, on consecutive pitches. First of all, and then stole home. I think the, I think stealing home is the most exciting play in baseball, more than a grand slam, more than a perfect game. Stealing home to me is the most exciting thing ever. No,
1: I agree. I mean, that's you know Jackie Robinson stole home. That's why I love it. I just there's so much. It's not easy now with the pitchers and everything else it's it's, it's it's i mean just do it the same inning it's ridiculous i know I mean, i've never it's crazy and that kid is just not running he just doesn't run he hits he runs he plays defense man, he's got a
0: cape on I his back think, man that's so fast is.
1: oh he's so. ridiculous it's it's fun to watch these guys i mean i was watching the uh the i was watching the uh the futures game i mean there's so much talent going on i mean i was good i was decent I thought I was good. I mean, now you see those kids—they are all throw. I mean, I was watching; they you know, throw 102 miles an hour. The other crew is stealing bases, hitting bombs. They're just catching everything they can see—six, yeah. whatever, six, 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 seven at shortstop. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just these kids are good. It's fun to watch, and baseball is getting—you know—the fans are getting spoiled. Yeah, the new version of the uh, game
0: is getting great. And then think, uh, actually, you know, attendance to the games are up. I mean, you know, of course, we're post-COVID and everything that uh, goes along with it. But the games were too long. And honestly, the the new rules and the way it affects the game is, such, is so positive. I mean, I find myself, you know, like we've had this, uh, this uh, discussion before. I would find myself to put a baseball game on, but, like, you know, be on the computer, like, doing some work or whatever, and just listen to the game. And now when I sit down and I put a game on... It's so much quicker attention. than yeah. I'm sitting down and uh, makes the guy attention
1: know, attention! Be- our ADD's kicking in. I, the good thing is that at least the format on TV is matching our little. Uh, exactly. Our little
0: thanks for ba- thanks to that. the Major League Baseball for putting up. You know,
1: for, <laughs> for all of us ADD guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's hey. a lot of us. Let's uh, play. Was that? Did you did you watch the did you watch the the robot umpires?
0: No, we talked about it in French. I watched the HSBC HBSC. Yeah, Which is college. more about college players when, and stuff. I didn't watch the, uh, but that's freaky. But I mean, so, so, like so, so, the, like so, so the, the, the real umpire is behind the plate. He still makes the calls, mm-hmm. uh, and then if I get this right, the pitcher or the catcher or the hitter can can call uh, for, uh, a he for a replay.
1: Replay exactly, and that that's cool. I like that because I, I hated a robot umpire idea of it. And uh, I was against the clock. I'm all for it now. I, I would like to hide it. But the robot Empire, I mean, you guys, those guys are going out there. And I was kind of watching the game. I saw a kid ask for I didn't know they were doing it. And I was watching it. And the kid, I, I, I usually watch the game. I look at ball strikes. I kind of guess those. And then uh, I saw a kids hit his helmet, touch his helmet. And I'm like, what is that? What is he doing? They call the replay. I'm like, all right, that's that's different. But the cool thing is, it's going to be interesting to see how like uh, how they in, you know integrate that into the big leagues. But I liked it. I was really, really? I liked it as long as i did as long as they keep it to the players don't go in yeah, no video things just ask hey make the kids like to talk about it or the, the, the baseball iq kids they do it in the first inning and in the sixth inning is different you gotta have smart you know smart decision making not because you can't call it every play
0: you, you can't call it every, exactly there's a yeah. certain
1: amount and i th- i liked it it was fun it's fun to watch which i'm an old school guy a little bit i'm i like the new school ways but i'm an old school i like the you know i like the I like the – I'm a purist, baseball purist, yep. if you want to call it that way. And I think it was cool. It was fun to watch, and it's actually something that I was against, probably, the you know, whenever they talk, I thought it was stupid. Yeah. But I, but I like it. It was good. The way what, they did it, the challenge, I liked it.
0: What I liked is actually – I can't take credit for that because, I mean, you're the one who actually mentioned it. But uh, it showed also that, you know, umpires were like – pretty much right like 97 98 percent of the time like it's not like yeah. it's not a big difference between these guys you know and and, and we said it before but in you know it may, at, the, at, at the show at major league baseball you know we have the best of the best when it comes to players but it's the same thing for umpires also i mean there's a reason they're there they earned yeah. it they proved yeah. they belong there so and and to go against a computer and be you know and and that's a difference one for the humans, man.
1: There you go. One I, liked for the the humans. I liked it. I liked it. You know, it shows you how hard it is to call it. And then I get, i looked at it. I mean, they're, most of those skulls are literally on the line. Course, it was man. pretty it's cool. Millimeters,
0: man. Yep, hey, let's. Cool. Uh, how about we hook up with uh, one of your good friends, Greg Hamilton? Let's start playing ball, folks. Ah, uh, Greg Hamilton. How are you? Good. Good.
2: Great to see you guys. Eric, how you doing? Been a long how you time. Doing, man?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, actually, I've made a presentation and I think I'm losing, you know, the uh, the guidance, or the, the, the reins of this interview. You guys have known each other for so long. It, it's, it's a big reunion. Go at it. Have fun. I'll just enjoy because, I mean, I know Eric's got about 52 questions and I'm not exaggerating. So, uh,
1: oh, We got a lot. We got a lot. We have a long history together. Me and, me and Greg, uh, When's was the first year? I spent, what, 23 years? 23 years as yeah, a big boss?
2: Uh, it goes by. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing the glasses. I was trying to get in and out with the glasses without them, but it didn't work. So, yeah, it goes by. It's been a long time. If it can make you feel any better,
0: I keep going back and forth. I feel like Tony <laughs> yeah, kornhauser to of PTI. So, uh yeah, I hear you.
2: Yeah, We're losing battle. We fight it, but it's a losing battle. They tell us. Yeah,
1: just go, you guys got to slow it down a little bit. That's yeah. it. To slow down the aging process. Do you remember the first time you yeah. saw Eric play?
0: Do you remember that, uh, Greg? Do you remember the first time you saw him play?
2: yeah I mean back in uh what 95 and um you know we went across Canada we go way back uh I think Eric was had spent the year at uh, junior college in, in Oklahoma and and we had a back in the day we had a, a senior team that was comprised of just collegiate players we couldn't use any pro players and and uh we had a Canadian tour we started in the east and worked our way out to Edmonton for uh for a qualifier to go to the Olympics and uh Eric was our closer and and uh I think uh, if I remember correctly, in Calgary, we got a phone call, and and uh, Eddie Bain came in and took a quick peek and liked what he saw, and obviously that was the beginning of a, a tremendous career for Eric. But we, uh, we we finished just a tick short of getting to Atlanta, and had a pretty good run out in Edmonton, and then obviously Eric was off and running, and obviously uh, a wonderful career. Really happy for you.
1: Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hey, just tell us a little bit. I want to hear about like. Because I, I want to, I love baseball. I'm all about, like, what you've done. And, like you know, I'm getting back in a little bit, doing the podcast. I've coached a little bit. But what you've done is pretty impressive because you went to Princeton. That's that's cool. I didn't know that. I just kind of did research. You went to Princeton. Did you play ball at Princeton or just went to Princeton?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't have went to Princeton without uh, having a little bit of athletic ability. I played baseball and hockey there. So that was probably the nudge that got me. And I had limited opportunities to get in without that, a little bit of a push. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: that's cool. That's amazing. Just tell us a little bit, like, how did you become the man in baseball Canada? Like, what does it take to get to where you're at? I mean, that's amazing because, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're in charge of this, this, and that. But you've you've got from Princeton, and you just now you're the man. You're the man in Canada. You're the godfather
0: baseball, of Canada of a baseball. Of Canada.
1: Canada. And it's fun to watch. Cause it's it's fun. It's privileged to be playing under you and you know, learn from you and understand. Real, it's like it's not that easy. And just tell us like. How was it, like, how did you get there? Like, what, how did you figure it out? Hey, this yeah. is what I want to do. I want to be in charge of baseball. I want to really, you know, help the kids because you, you, you've helped so many kids. You've helped me. You've helped a lot, a lot of guys. There's 17 major league, uh, there's 17 guys in pro baseball right now, Canadian. So, that's your coach impressive out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, uh, obviously I went to Collegiate Road as a, as a player. Um, certainly dreamed of being a major league player like everybody did and obviously was... Uh, short in that area and and uh, got a tap in the shoulder from the guy I played for collegiately. And asked if I had an interest in getting into coaching. That was kind of the impetus for me. And I did the collegiate thing for uh, for a couple of years. And then uh, there was an opportunity that opened overseas. I went overseas for a little bit, learned about myself. Uh, I was in southern France. I think, Eric, you spent a little bit of time over in that part of the woods as well. And, and it sounds like, a, you know, not necessarily the front of the line in the baseball world, but it was an opportunity for me to coach every day and learn a little bit more about myself. And, you know if you're coaching and you're working with players regardless of the level you're learning about yourself so i, I did that and then uh, baseball canada actually the, the the country uh they had money that they put in the federal government put in money to hire coaches in each respective sport so baseball canada got a pool of money to hire a coach it had to be a coach only so um had the opportunity to kind of interview for that and uh fortunately got that opportunity and You know, sort of figured that it would be a little bit of everything, driving the bus. My passion was to coach, but uh, it was a small organization, and I kind of figured, hey, you know, get in and, uh, you know, drive the bus and try to do a little bit of everything. I felt it was a great opportunity to come back home and work in the game in Canada. You know, obviously, uh, be a caretaker of the national programs, and you know, be able to work with, uh, with Canadian kids. And, you know, the idea was to build out an alumni and, and obviously build out a program that was, you know, a development program with our junior national team, kind of an year round basis. And, um, you know, the idea again was to kind of create a development environment where, as Eric, you would know in Canada, it's challenging with the weather and it's, it's challenging with the environment to get the reps that you need to get the exposure that you need. And, you know, we were able to kind of build a junior program that was year round. So we kind of married that to, you know, really the, the rhythm of, professional instructional league and extended pro league. And then we went and played in the Dominican summer league as well. So we have an October instructional league. We have a extended spring trip in April. We have a Dominican summer league in May and sort of those three, four core elements, you know, kids that are in high school are getting 30 to 40 pro games a year um, in a pro environment. And it just kind of, you know, mimics the rhythm of being an extended or being, you know, in the DSL. And, you know, for us, it's, you know, putting those kids up against that level of competition, obviously, you know, as you know, I mean, yeah. As a Canadian kid, you're not sure, and when you get out there and test yourself a little bit, and you see the pros, and you kind of realize, hey, that you know, maybe you got a long way to go, but you you've got a chance, and you know, it kind of it, it it creates that environment for kids to to grow and mature and get opportunity.
0: Well, I got a two-part question. I mean, you've been there for 20, uh, 23 years. Yeah, baseball in Canada. It's always been a challenge. It'll be being that way for things like you said. Uh, you know, can, the weather is the obvious choice, but not just that. I think the finances. You know, we're not getting it. Uh, sometimes I feel that baseball is like you know the poor kids' version of, of uh, amateur sport, and in, uh, in, in when it comes to you know to the budget of, in Canada, uh, I, think, I think the challenges are, are bigger. Even though you know Canadian kids have proven that they can play south of the border and do a great job at it. Do you think? What do you think? What are the challenges that we've actually won? You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what we had to battle 23 years ago that actually we're doing better in. And also, the gap has closed between us and the rest of the world, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it has. I mean, obviously, uh, I think there was a comment made years ago that uh, the jersey sales from Hockey Canada dwarfs the Baseball Canada budget. But, um, you know, we've you know obviously had to engage alumni, which has been huge you know the opportunity to, to to build out a program and then have an alumni base of players that go on and play at the highest levels of the game obviously Eric you're one of them and you know to have that alumni give and and people to care and and to give back is is huge kind of modeled the the concept over you know, around the idea of the U.S. US collegiate environment where, you know, you go, you play, and you graduate, and you come back, and you care about the program, you get back to the program, you get involved, engaged. It's not always about finances. It's about getting involved and and putting time in and connecting with the next generation. And, and, you know, when the next generation can, can touch those that have come before and that have had success, and there's a critical mass of players now that have, you know, so that the dream can be real in every community in Canada now. It's not just you know, when, you know, years back, it was Larry Walker and it was Terry Poole. And, you know, now it's not just one or two, it's, you know, it's, it's numbers of players that have gone on and played in the minor leagues. And, you know, we, you know, we're producing in Canada. I mean, we're producing all-stars, we're producing Cy Young Award winners, we're producing, you know, uh, major league stars and, and more than just a few of them. So I think it, you know, the dream becomes real for kids. You know, they can identify, they can connect, you know, where they play and where they grew up in the systems that they grew up in and produce major league players. And they, you know, the dream becomes real. And I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, that connect back into the program and, and giving back in the key for us has always been the younger program or junior program, because, you know, you, you, you're able to identify kids young, you're able to create relationships with those kids and you're able to kind of give them exposure and give them their wings. And, you know, off they go. And and then hopefully, uh, you know, when they're in a position to give back and get back involved. And like I say, it's not always about money. It's just about being involved, caring, you know, caring about the next generation, connecting with the next generation and, and giving back. And that's been a huge thing.
1: Amazing. I, I got a question that's like, I don't know if you're gonna, have you ever gotten an offer? to work in mlb like because like, i think like, you you've you've done everything from a to z you've coached you've managed i mean that's not you're managed a whole country of baseball have you ever like, been tempted or have you ever got an offer i'm out texas or not texas but, i mean the mm-hmm. toronto blue jays have you ever got an offer to go?
0: mlb throw? or even college for baseball even college yeah, baseball yeah.
2: um you know what i I've, I've had sort of people that have tapped me on the shoulder a little bit for me um nothing lasts forever. I feel really fortunate to be a caretaker of the national program. Um, You know, I think I understand where I fit in the game. I think I understand my strengths. I think, you know, I wasn't a professional player. I never played in the major leagues. You know, I, I think I get kind of my piece and where I fit and, and I'm, you know, I've always been passionate about the Canadian program. And thankfully, you know, from my perspective, there've been so many people that have cared and have given back. And, you know, again, it's with alumni, it's corporate partners, it's, it's the Canadian community. And, you know, for me, it's kind of I've been lucky in that I get an opportunity to do a little bit of everything. I get an opportunity to be, in essence, a general manager. I get an opportunity to go in the field and be a coach. I get an opportunity to throw that suit and tie on and go in and uh, meet with some people and and hopefully I uh, generate some revenue for the program. So it's it's been really sort of comprehensive for me, where I've been able to dip my toe in a lot of different areas. And you know, there's probably some times where you wish you had, you know you you had it built out a little bit more and you maybe didn't have to be as broad, but. You know, it's, it's, it's really motivating, it's exciting, and, you know, I've enjoyed it immensely. So th- there have been a few things that have been tempting, but, you know, this has kind of been my passion.
0: How do you challenge yourself every year, like I said, because, I mean, the program's always, you know, it's it's, it's always a challenge, you know, when we, we just covered it, about, like, you know, the conditions and the money in Canada, but the instructional way to go about it and to close that gap, I mean, you know, I mean, y- y- every year you have to rein, but not reinvent yourself. I think I'm exaggerating when I say that, but, I mean, I think the success of baseball counter right now reflects on the fact that you weren't scared of like, you know, go, what, you know, what can I improve on? Not everybody will look at themselves in the mirror. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, let me, I'm pretty sure I'm right. But I mean, the fact that we're so successful is we're talking to Greg Hamilton who questions himself every year when you, when the new season starts.
2: Well, I mean, you have to do that, right? I mean, uh, Eric, I mean, you would know, I mean, you, you did it at the highest level of the game and you look at how the game's evolved now with analytics and, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, if you kind of hold on to kind of what you believe was traditional, I mean, you want to hold on to some traditions cause they're that's what makes the game special, but you have to continually be fluid. You have to evolve. You have to be open-minded. The game's probably moving faster than it's yeah. ever moved. Cause not every you coach
0: does evolve. that. You know, some people stick to their
2: old ways. Um, well, it's pretty tough to do that right now and kind of stay relevant and stay current cause it's moved so quick and it moves so quick with the next generation of players. And, you know, things have changed dramatically since COVID. We had, you know, we had COVID up here that you would know. I mean, it was, it was a year and a half of lockdowns. And, you know, it, it, I look at kids that were in that 2003, four or five class, they missed, you know, they missed a year and a half of, of development in the country. I mean, you think back, Eric, when you're playing high school ball, I mean, if you, you know, I mean, you miss a year and a half where you're not playing. I mean, you're yeah. it's, you know, that group of of players in high school i mean i always say to the scouts when you talk to them you know, there's going to be guys in there that are going to surprise you down the road because they were shut down for a year and a half i mean they had no reps of any meaning and, and you think you they'll know, catch so up that. yeah yeah it's changed the draft has changed i mean you look at the draft now i mean it's uh you know major league baseball is you know they're they're cutting back on numbers the number of opportunities for canadian kids out of high school has changed dramatically in the last couple of years you know again with only 20 rounds and you know, probably less emphasis on projection and they're going to use college a little bit more to as a development tool as opposed to drafting that toolsy Canadian kid that, you know, might be a little crude and not be able to throw strikes yet but have a really good arm or be an interesting physical kid And but they're going to let that kid probably go to college and figure it out on the backside. So it's, you know, you got to kind of change with that and and it's moving fast.
1: Yeah, especially now with the new change. There's a question like for me, I mean, I know it's not, the but the way the kids come now like they're with the data with the technology with social media and everything else so how do you guys prepare the kids to be ready for all that to be a professional now it's not just on the field anymore it's literally understanding yeah. data understanding technology understanding how to be a social media basically uh, it's almost with the nil we talked about it a little bit earlier in the front side how do you get these guys prepared for this because there's so much to it now now back, yeah. back in the days i threw 92 93 miles an hour Great, you're good. Let's go into minor leagues. There's very little uh
0: The outfield the outfield is actually more exposed now than it was when you played, and you have to prepare the kids ready. And we, all three of us remember remember what we were like when we were 18, 19, 20. You know everything. You figured out everything. Every 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 advice you get whoever's giving it to you is wrong and old. You know what I mean? So but the reality of baseball nowadays, especially off the field is as important as it is on the field, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's probably you know it's earlier specialization than you've ever seen, right? So you're seeing kids that are you know they're they're concentrating on the game 365 days a year from grade nine onward, and I'm not necessarily subscribing to that as being you know I don't necessarily feel that has to be or or that's the be all and end all, but uh, there's more and more of that, so it's trying to find. You know it's trying to find a balance for the kids um you know kids run around more than they ever did in terms of the showcase world and they're playing for different people and they're getting different messages and different voices and different kind of feedback um you know so you're trying to you know to me you're trying to simplify more than you ever did in terms of your messaging and trying to give them you know realistic messaging you know not negative messaging and not trying to be you know somebody that's you know taking away you know the the, the fact that it's going to be hard and all that sort of stuff. But the reality is that, you know, the, the world that we live in right now with social media, like you're touching on the showcase world, all that sort of stuff, it tends to rate these kids really early. It tends to kind of, you know, give a sense of who's going to and who's not prematurely, in my opinion. Um, and as we both know, some of those kids, you know, most of them when they start rating kids in grade nine, they're going to be rated too high or too low. And it's either very overinflated or it's underinflated and discouraging. So it's really trying to kind of take a whole pile of information and a whole pile of opportunities. And, you know, just they go back to kind of our junior program. The one thing we do have is we're able to play pro games on a consistent basis. So you always say to the kids, I mean, every day you go out there, take a look. I mean, Eric, you did it, you know it better than I do. I mean, take a look across the field, you know, are you ready to go over there emotionally Are you ready to go over there physically? We're down here for two weeks. I mean, you're going to be down here for six months, you know, are you ready to do that? Uh, you know, and, 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 and really be honest with yourself about where you fit. And, you know, it's, you know, you look at this year's draft. I mean, there's, you know, there's one kid that, you know, I mean, it's a family that produces baseball players, but you know, it's the third nailer that, you know, that yeah. drafted in the first round again this year. And, you know, other than that, you know, it's not a lot of guys and that doesn't mean there's not going to be a good grouping of players out of that age bracket, but, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer game for them to develop and grow. So, Um, I, I think there's more information than they've ever seen, you know, Eric, again, I go back, you know, you did it, you know, coaching comes from everywhere now. I mean, they get it on the internet. They, they, they just get so much information and, you know, trying to simplify that create relevance based on where they are developmentally, where they are age wise, not trying to get them overloaded um you know it's it's a challenge i mean it's great that it's all there but certainly for the younger kids it's it's a lot
0: i remember when i played uh when you get to like the the, uh, junior level back then i'm 53 years old so you know what i mean it's like 30 years ago usually the best some of the best canadian baseball players were also great hockey players and we're facing that decision of like where's my best chance for either like you know Trying to you know play pro ball, pro hockey, or even college-wise, am I wrong? Are or, or kids now that they're playing baseball? I've cho- I've made that decision like younger, like say I want to be a baseball player. They made a decision when they were like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You, you don't see that de- debate as much as it used to be. was like man, I got to choose between those two sports. You know, I think kids now specialize in one thing and give it all. Right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that you see more than and and, and, and the coaching's probably never been better you know, there's probably never been, you know, more knowledge to provide to youth in sport, but youth is probably, uh, the youth sporting system has never been more monetized, right? So, you know, sport is a year round endeavor. People are doing it professionally with youth. So, I mean, you're signing your kids up and they're playing in an amateur baseball system. You know, the, the old days of volunteers underpinning that and volunteers coaching those days are gone. So somebody that's coaching your kid is doing it for a profession and they're doing it year round. So there's a lot of pressure on kids very early to stay in one sport because the people that are running that sport are, that's what they're doing for a living. So they want to keep you in that sport year round. And, you know, and there's a certain point in time when players are getting that type of training that probably earlier you're forced to make a decision to walk away from a multi-sport or you fall behind. I mean, Sometimes they make you believe you're falling behind in grade six, seven, eight, nine, and I don't believe that. But, you know, there gets to a certain point in high school with the number of reps that are out there and the fact that, you know, kids are playing so much more that you probably have to make a decision a little bit earlier in terms of, you know, what you want to do, whether it you know, be concentrating on baseball or whether it's yeah. basketball or hockey or whatnot
0: at the same time it's kind of sad because when you're a kid you're supposed to be playing multi sports i mean it's proven it's proven fact that you know playing d- different sports you know develops your body different ways and social wise too and stuff so you know it's just a little comment i have i mean i was going to say before i press it back on to uh to eric again the kids are also walking into those programs a lot more mature than all three of us were at that age right
2: yeah i mean certainly their external lens is greater i mean just the opportunities that you take Canadian kids, the number of Canadian kids that are crossing the border now and playing in events and, you know, showcases and travel teams. And, you know, I mean, there was isolated opportunities 15, 20 years ago to do that. But now it's kind of in mass. I mean, any player in high school that, you know, is playing at any kind of level, they've, you know, they've probably been out to Arizona they've been down to Florida or they've been to Texas. And, you know, they many of them have played on major league fields and events and tournaments. And I mean, you look at, pretty much all the pro complexes with the exception of a small number, they, they, you know, they get utilized once spring training's done or once Mm -hmm. clubs are out of there, once some of the fields open up, they get utilized for basically amateur baseball and traveling programs and events. So yeah, these kids are are, are getting out and being seen a lot earlier and, and and getting exposure a lot earlier. You know, the system's probably never been tougher. You know, you look at the collegiate system, you know, to try to get in there. And you mentioned, you're talking about the NILs and there's, you know, now it's uh, you can transfer without sitting out. And, you know, so for Canadian kids to actually pick a school that's, you know, going to give them the opportunity to play, you know, that's where it comes back to Canadian kids again. No matter what we do up here, we're still a little bit behind. You think of the reps that, are, you know, Eric, you're living in Arizona, what the average high school kid in Arizona would just get in easy reps and good weather versus, you know, the reps that you're trying to make up out here, basically with the weather. And, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you export and you go south or you go west, but it's usually for a two week period. So, you're playing catch-up as a Canadian, and when you enter college baseball now with the, you know, the transfer portal and guys leaving, and you know, schools bringing in juniors, I mean, the ability for a Canadian to go down there as an 18-year-old and, and play and get the reps that they need to get to grow is challenging. So you've got to be extra careful now on the school that you pick, and you probably have to pick a little bit below your ceiling to give yourself an opportunity to get those reps to play.
1: No it's that's that it that, goes back to me like it's 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 almost a double edged sword you want the kids to you know your job is to make sure they get the exposure you job is to make sure they get to the next level, give them opportunities to go college go to pro and all that stuff. It's amazing and to me it's you know it's you know I don't know the benefits of it you know parents have the fomo if you're missing out the kids they feel like they're falling behind, but I'm always going to be like i I believe in playing multi sports I believe in not just doing one thing over and over and over and the all year round benefits. But how do you like, how do? how hard is it to keep your players in the system in a Canadian system where, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, we talk about it in Canada. I do want it, you know, school wise, what do we need to change? We need to change like how, like how do we, you know, yeah, do we bring high
0: school baseball here? Do we find, like, you oh, yeah. know, we don't have, like, college programs. I mean, we, I mean yeah, the, you know, the weather is always a challenge. But, I mean, if Vermont has a baseball program, then Montreal can have one, you know? I mean, if there's a team in Seattle, there can be one in Vancouver too, no?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think at the high school level, there's more and more academies. I think one of the challenges that you face now is to try to convince kids to, Sort of settle in. So if you take, like, you know, if you take the province of Quebec, so the ABC, I mean, if you can, you know, there's good coaching, there's a good environment, and you try to get kids to settle in and play and commit to playing there for a two or three year period. And make, maybe you make a trip in the spring or you make a trip in the fall. But trying to get kids to play competitively in leagues is one of the things that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit with the showcasing world. And I think that competitive baseball in leagues is really important because again, you, you learn to compete. You learn that, you know, that that playing the game to be successful and 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 to compete and, and try to win is has value and has importance in, in development as well. And you know, a lot of the I mean the showcasing is good from an exposure perspective, but there's not that same level of compete when you go to a showcase. You're really going to a showcase to to just basically show, right? I mean you're going there to yeah. It says it all. There to, yeah. I mean, you, as long as you run the 60, well, as long as, you know, you throw, well, it doesn't matter where it lands. As long as you take a good round of BP and you know, you look good. I mean, it doesn't matter if you threw it to the right base, really. It doesn't matter whether or not, you know, you made a, a good pitch or a bad pitch is whether it's 90 plus and yeah. if it's 90 plus you're happy. Right. So
0: who cares about baseball instinct? Come on. It's
2: overrated. Yeah. So <laughs> I, that's one of the things right now. That's a bit of a challenge. It's just trying to get kids to settle and, Kind of take their time with development, take their time with the process. You know, like sit in an environment where you've got quality coaching, quality schedule, and just kind of go to work every day and and be patient. Um, there's the system right now is is really, you know, it's 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 built on hurriedness, right? It's built on moving, you know, basically rating kids and moving kids forward, and 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 kids kind of chase that and they chase it early. So I think the one thing that you know, we try to do or you try to do the best you can is to kind of slow it down a little bit for them and get them to understand that there's really no magical pill. You just, you know, she you knows so well, Eric, you just got to kind of, you got to stay with it and you got to make sure you're with good coaching and you got to get out there and get the reps in every day. Mm-hmm. And you pick a school based on that. If you're going that way, where you're going to go and you're going to play and you're going to have a chance to be in a lineup. I mean, now it's, you know, kids look at they can go on the internet and they're they can go right into the University of Tennessee locker room for an example or clubhouse. You yeah. know, they can go into the Florida Clubhouse. So who wouldn't want to be there, right? I mean but how many Canadians are ready for that out of high school? So I mean it's you gotta pick right, you know, you gotta kinda, you know, convince them to kind of slow the process down a little bit. And you know yourself, like how many guys out of Canada are ready for Pro Ball and with the drop being shrunk down to twenty rounds and minor leagues, you know, the jobs being shrunk even further probably go down again next year and the year after i mean how many high school kids are really ready for that so um
1: yeah, it'll just be kind of it'll be interesting to see how like how do we adapt basically how, what do we send our kids like I, I believe i believe in the independent league part i mean i think there should be feeders for canadian kids after a certain program go in there there's great competition but uh, i'm going to jump on another totally different question i'm like because i love it i had the chance you gave me the chance to play in the wbc and uh, me, Dempster, all the old guys, and that that's pretty amazing. I mean, I had such a good time, but I want to know, like, what comes into selection process? I know, I know that the values of the team. Can you talk about alumni's and everything else? So when you guys are looking at it, like, all right, what are we looking for? Are we looking for exposure to young kids? Are we go looking for to enhance the baseball Canada program by exposure to the, you know, example me or Dempster or whatever? So how do you guys decide a team like this? Because it's touchy. Because everybody's going to complain. There's yeah. always, you know. I complain all the time. Everybody complains. So how, what do you guys look for? He, he complained guys,
0: to me people? yesterday. We were talking about it. We were, I knew was, we were going to talk about it today. And it was great.
1: Like, you know, a lot. <laughs> the, good,
2: the good part about it. When people complain, it means they care. So that's a good yeah. thing. I, I believe it. That's the Don't perfect you answer.
0: <laughs>
1: you
2: know, um, I, I mean, the WBC, as you would know, Eric, I mean, you know, for us, that's been the one that we've, you know we just i don't want to say haven't been able to figure out because it sounds like we figured everything else out we certainly haven't but we've had some pretty good success in pan am games we've had some pretty good success in the world junior championships and those are you know world cups and things of that nature the wbc it's been a challenge you know we had that first one where we you know we beat the u.s out in arizona which is incredible i mean that was a, a hall of fame team and you know we had a puncher's chance in one night and we did it and that was incredible and You know, we've kind of knocked on the door a little bit with tiebreakers and not got to the second round at you know another year, and and had some excitement around that as well. But uh, that was a hockey night in Canada thing, so we'll leave that (laughs) one for hockey. Um, (laughs) But I think the the challenge with that theme, as you know, is like if you kind of you put together sort of the wish list, and you know, if we could ever get all of our major league guys. You know, and, 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 you know, people always come back and say, well, why didn't he play? And is he not patriotic? And does he not care? And, and you know this, you know, in firsthand, Eric. I mean, there's a million reasons why players, you know, choose not to play when they're in the major leagues. And, you know, I can honestly say those are genuine reasons. You know, I mean, there's sometimes contractual issues. There's sometimes you've signed as a free agent and you know that the club is, even though they're not supposed to be. Uh, a little bit lukewarm on it. You know, you're just on the verge of getting to the big leagues and you're trying to get traction and you're afraid to leave camp and, you know, all those sorts of things. So for us, you know, if we can ever get that, you know, all of our big league guys together, certainly our pitching, you know, you look at what it could have been this year, not to take away from anybody to play because we had a great group of guys, but, you know, we didn't have Paxton, we didn't have Soroka, we didn't have Pavetta, you know, we didn't have Wick. I mean, you know, you could kind of go on and on. If you could get all the guys, you know, and you could line it up, I think we can compete with anybody, you know, when you don't get all the guys, then you've got to be creative, right? You've got to kind of look at, you know, and I think, again, you did it. We had no worry about you handling the stage. No worry about, you know, you dealing with the environment because you've been there and they're squared. So that comes into it a lot of times sometimes. And I understand why you get criticized for saying, how do you take somebody that's retired or that's not (laughs) your case, but I mean, how do you take somebody that's not playing? How do you, you know, well, we don't have a perfect roster and when we don't get all of our big league guys, then it gets imperfect in a hurry. And then we have to, you know, it's a major league tournament, as you know, if you're going to do anything in that tournament, it is a major league tournament. So the the trade-off from going with, you know, when we went with Adam Lowe in that one year, you know, he was the fourth overall pick still the highest pick in the history of the country. You know, he was really just an incredible talent with the makeup and the ability to slow it down and he was composed beyond his years and he had the stuff to go with it. So, you know, when you put all that together, you said, okay, we can take a guy that's an A ball that's like this because the stage probably isn't really going to get to him that much. It's going to get him a bit, but I mean, he's six, six, he's got three plus pitches. He throws strikes. He's not afraid. He's an exception to the rule in terms of talent you know, and nobody's seen him. Right. So you're going to roll him out there. They have no benefit of ever seeing him. He's in the minor leagues, you know, as long as he throws it in the strike zone, he's got a chance and stuff's that good, but we don't have a lot of those either. We don't have a lot of, Adam of loans. So, you know, when we dip down to a ball, are we going to take the guy in a ball or are we going to take Eric Gagne? Who's maybe six years out of the game, but we know what we're going to get. Like Eric can step in there, not be afraid of the environment. He's been there. If he gets beat, he's going to get beat on us. He's going to give us a chance to get through our bullpen. He's going to manage the environment well. You know, he's not going to let the game just disappear out of nerves and fall apart and not throw strikes. And you know, and that's nothing against a kid in A ball, but that tends to happen when you roll a kid in well, A ball. Obviously. Into yeah. Plus, okay, if, I, if able. I'm a
0: kid in A ball or Double A, and if A ball's like, you know, how about if I'm playing in Double A and maybe even Triple A? you know, I know if I had, if I have, if I have a good spring training, I might you know make, I might make the jump to to the show. And but you know if I go to the WBC playing against the best and I come out of there with like an ERA of eight point twenty five because I had two bad innings, that's also things I guess the kids have to take into con- uh, consideration, right?
2: Yeah, I mean you want to make sure that you know we did it this year, right? We did it with with Mitch Brad against uh, against the United States, and we put a lot of thought into that. You know, we talked to Texas. You know, we knew the kid. I knew the kid really well. We knew the kid really well in terms of makeup. You know we felt that that game wouldn't define him negatively you know we felt that he would grow from that experience he would take things away and he wouldn't be defined if it was negative he wouldn't be set back you know he wouldn't be discouraged he wouldn't be kind of you know it wouldn't hurt him in terms of development texas was of the same mindset that they were fine and then we were obviously going to not let him hang out there we're going to protect them but you know, it was one of those environments when you saw Freddie go over, and you you know, he gave him a hug and you know, a little pat and all that sort of stuff. It's a kid that grew up, you know, and took he'll take things away and grow from that experience. But there's certain kids, very few that you can put into that environment. I mean, you can set somebody just in the wrong direction, right? They're overwhelmed. It just goes terrible. The wheels fall off. They lose their confidence. It, it affects their pro career as they move out of, the, out of the WBC. So, so for us, you know, the answer it's it's really a blend, right? It's a it's a blend of uh, you know, trying to get as many big league guys as you can. Once you don't get the major league guys, okay, who has the pedigree and the experience? Obviously, Dempster had that when he did it. You know, we knew he could handle that, and and you're going to blend that with a certain level, you know, a certain minor league player. At that time, Josh Naylor was in the minor leagues, and you know, we knew Josh could handle that environment, and he was a special talent. You know, and and wasn't quite ready for it, but he was going to get mentored by Freddie, and he was going to get mentored by Morneau, and that was going to be a great opportunity for him to grow. Um, you know, you look at this year, Eddie Julian, right? Eddie had that moxie and that confidence, and you just felt he could yeah. handle that state. You know, that's... That, you that that it,
1: they have that it factor. They have the it the, factor. The, 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 you, you can't really, you know... Yeah, and, and he carried like that. that
0: confidence to
1: spring training and now with the Twins. Yeah, that. Yeah. It's fun. Exactly. It's fun to watch, it. it's fun that you explain it that way. Because of course, I'm emotional. I want to win. I want to. You know, I'm involved. I love to be like. And you gave me the chance to play. But the, when you put it that like this, it's 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 amazing. You guys, you have to protect your. I don't call them assets. You have to protect the guys in minor league. You don't want to crush someone's confidence. And you got a guy like all oh, like me that hey, if I get crushed, who cares? It's not a big deal. And then uh, no, it's 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 impressive. And what you've done is pretty amazing. It's you know. I always I always go back and the best time I've had in baseball was literally coming back with WBC and being part of the Canadian pride and to me that's really that's what it's all about represent your country represent where you're from never forget about your roots and you know I really got to say thank you because that was really literally the best the best time because you know the game doesn't always want you and then I had a chance to come back and prove what I wanted to do I got kicked out of the game a little bit and I and that was amazing and guys like guys like you know phil mo and the uh, low ones of the world and mo Mal, dust and all these guys like it's pretty funny because that just gonna lead me to the next question is like what's the best moment uh, best moment you've had with team canada like we have the fights with mexico we had you guys won against usa which one was the biggest moment you've had the proudest moment as a canadian you know to be you know part of that
2: um i mean uh, quite a few of them fortunately i mean you think fondly of you know, I, I know you, would. I'm sure you feel the same way. I always say when you when you accomplish something as a group, you kind of, you want the clock to stop a little bit, right? Because you just, you realize how much everybody's put into it. You realize how hard it is to have success. And you just kind of want it to stop for a bit and enjoy it with each other and kind of reflect with one another. And probably the two for me, just because of the sport and, and, and what, it meant when we accomplished it, were back to back Pan Am gold medals. And the reason I say that is because I, I remember, you know, the players go out and they're on the podium and we, as coaches, you kind of stand to the backside as you should, but I can remember it just hit me naturally. And I was standing there because when they do the medal ceremonies, they raise the three flags, the gold medal, the silver medal and the bronze medal. And the three flags go up simultaneously. And the one that goes the highest is the gold medal and seconds of silver and then the bronze, right? So, standing there as a baseball person, as a caretaker in a national baseball program and realizing, you know, just how many great players come from the United States and how many great players come from Cuba and watching the Canadian flag win the race. And, you know, the American flag Keep being going said,
0: up. It keeps going and, up.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like in the sport of baseball, the rise higher than the Americans we just don't do that very often and you know it's nothing but respect for the talent that comes out of the united states and, and cuba obviously i mean everybody yes. sees that now as more and more cubans are coming over right so yeah that, that kind of was incredible you know to to just you know realize that hey we you know we climbed the mountain a little bit higher than the states back-to-back years and won two gold medals back-to-back and- back, like you said and
0: actually yeah. we're going to and- use that uh, segment to to talk about you know the next wave of a uh, canadian talent uh, here's our next segment called the relief Uh, we're going to thank uh, Greg for that segment because the relief is actually sponsored by uh, Academy Baseball Canada, but also by uh, Baseball Canada. So thanks for, uh, I don't know if you knew, but you're actually paying for this segment. So that's I just that's I
2: good stuff. That's Great stuff. Uh, yeah, it's well, Hopefully, it's money well spent. Uh, up. That was exactly. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad it's going well, Eric. Great to see you, eh? And we'll stay in touch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I got a question for you. Um, we both have because we have the same question. The third brother got drafted uh, third, uh, 39th overall by the ace who will be in vegas pretty soon so i guess his development will change uh, radically uh, i think the you know the money will be there too like you know well the ace did a good job developing it's just you couldn't keep the players but i mean you've you've seen all three of them uh, funny enough three different kind of players how how, how do you i'm not going to rank the brothers i mean you know i mean first of all i got josh in most of my pool so he's my favorite right now but how would you compare the 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 the, the, the little one compared to uh, the other two
2: you know what? They're all different. Uh, you know, the same family. Obviously, it's it's a terrific family. So I mean, you you know you provide context. I mean, yeah. they're 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 really really good people. They're they're different. You know, you see Josh. You see, you know, you see, he wears his heart in his sleeve. You see, the, you know, if he was a hockey player, he'd be a bruising winger. He, you're a fashion defenseman. He's going to go right over top. He's just ultra competitive and you know all about uh, the passion of the game and its team and. And obviously i mean as a high school hitter he's he was incredible i've never seen a you know very few that that, that just offensively or as dominant as he was so um you know just a dominant offensive player somebody you come to watch swing the bat and real special you look at you know bo who's you know it's Noah, i still say no but it's bo um you know some of the parts you know he kind of does a little bit of everything he does everything well you know there's no part of his game that's not good He runs the base as well. he slows it down well defensively i mean he's he puts together great at bats he's he's just a good player in every facet of the game and he's steady as they come and and then miles is kind of a he's a little bit across of of both he's he's uh you know he's very toolsy got a ton of tools um you know everything across the board Uh, a little less advanced in terms of those tools you know being playable right now he's got some work to do in terms of you know growth as as all of them did but you know miles has a little bit more work to do i think in terms of you know just building out his his offensive game it's all there he's got plus power and you know it's easy power and he's got a plus arm and you know hands and feet all work and you know he's just you know the game for him it's going to probably take a little bit more development maybe than the other two but we'll see but the tools line up right across the board and you know that's why he got picked where he got picked because he's got some very special talents
0: Who's the best player you've seen in, uh, from coming from Canada the last five years?
2: Would it be the, the Naylor family or a... um, going back five years? Um, I well, mean, I could... Josh was incredibly dominating. I mean, Josh, Josh was turning around. Like he did things with the bat in high school that were silly. Like it was, it was crazy what he did as hitter because he had a, he just had a, an incredibly advanced confidence in his ability to hit, and he had to ability to hit his hands were special and you know he it was a high school hitter i mean you know like it's crazy to think but i mean i watched them turn around lucas giolato and you know big league guys that yeah. would be down in rehab assignments and again eric you, you know that you go down and rehab assignment you're not really worried about the high school kid you're just getting your work in but you know again for a high school kid with a wood bat to take 100 mile one hour fastballs and and like turn them around is is crazy and he used no, to do that he's
1: He's legit. I've seen him all play a lot. I mean, I've seen him as, you know, I've seen his little brother, Bo, as a catcher when it was Cleveland minor leagues. I was coaching uh, rookie ball with the uh, Rangers. And I've seen uh, Josh, is, Josh probably in die coordination, bat to ball, the way he controls the bat is pretty impressive. I mean, defensively, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean much, but... <laughs> whatever.
0: Well, I mean, guys, did it, whatever. Did I say that in a scouting
1: report once in a while? Defensively? I'm not worried. Hey, whatever. Let's, let's just say the way he hits. It, it, I don't it plays better him. every
2: time he swings. The defense yeah, exactly. gets better every time he <laughs> <laughs> hits. Yeah.
1: Exactly. No, it's, it's, I remember actually, it's
2: a good Canadian story. I don't want to diverge, but I remember oh, when he was, uh, when we first took him as a, like a 15 year old, took him really young and we were down at Disney at ESPN. I'll go quick. Cause I'm, sort of forcing a story here, but um, we got time. the scouts all came down. He hadn't been seen by anybody and they like to run the sixties. So we run the sixties and his 60 was kind of journeyman and he kind of looks like he looks now and, and whatever. And I remember one of the scouts coming over saying, I mean, that kid, wow, are you kidding me? I mean, that kid's got to get in shape. He's got to do this. I mean, he can't, he's not going to be able to do that. And then he took ground balls and, you know, he has got a long way to go there. I said, you know what, hang around for batting practice. You know, and the guy went around for batting practice and came back after and said I kinda of
1: changed my opinion on money back yeah. <laughs> I mean it, he says the ball sounds different. I mean you got a little guy I remember Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun is a hitter that I remember like comparing him with Josh Naylor and I mean these guys like you don't see that a lot. Guys that can actually lefty that don't don't have a – he doesn't have a hole and he uses a few. It's pretty impressive to watch. But I got one more question. Who's next? Who's the next big Josh, who's the next guy Love coming it. up in a couple two, three years like that. We don't know about that. You can tell us to kind of look for. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I mean, I think Owen Casey's got a shot to be pretty good. You would have saw him a little bit in the WBC. Tyler Black's got a shot. Um, you know, if you look at Tyler Brock's got 40 stolen bases at the break and, you know, he's hitting and average is pretty good. Um, you know, he's got a chance. I, I think Casey's got a chance to be a, you know, a corner outfielder in the big leagues with power and, you know they're hard to come by. He's got a chance to be pretty good.
0: Man, I'm keeping those names up uh, from. I'm actually taking notes for uh, next year's uh, draft <laughs> pool. Hey, Greg, it was great talking to you, man. It was just, and it's the first of many times I hope. And uh, thanks for spending so much time. And uh, I'm glad you guys had that uh, nice little family reunion. I could, I, I could actually feel the love. <laughs>
1: Excellent.
0: Thanks well, for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Take care, man. We'll talk hey, to you, you soon.
2: Enjoy the kids. We'll and- do it. Thank you. You. Okay, be well,
1: guys. Okay. Have a
0: good Thank one. You. Take care. All right, man, it's time for the uh, closing segment called, ironically, The Closer. I'm glad we got those questions out of the way, and I guess we, we got some scoops on the next ones and stuff, but uh, now it's time to the... there's a reason why I'm wearing the uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates jersey right now. It's more like of a protest uh, jersey right now because uh, on a French show, we had Alex Agostino, for those who don't know, he's uh, – He's the fact, uh, the fact checker that we call. It. He's like more than, it's more than the regional scout. I mean, he covers Quebec, the Maritimes, and uh, New England. But he's not the first one on the ground. He'll check what the other guy sent him as a report. So you know, he's pretty high up in in, in the hierarchy. And I tried, I tried to, I don't give him in the corner because, you know, my love for Scott Boris and is uh, the way he takes the the game hostage. And we have a disagreement with that every time, and that's okay. And they'll, they'll be, will uh, you know, what can I say? They'll be, they'll be, they'll be your. That's us. That's us. Just, you know, different opinion about the – uh, anyway.
1: Don't talk bad about Scott. He's trying to do his best for his players. Yeah, whatever.
0: But Not bad. No, because but, but, I try to get Alex to say, you know, do you think that Pittsburgh got their man? With, with, you know, the obvious – well, nah, you no. Know, if it would have been two uh, field uh, – you know, an outfielder. and us say
1: two guys are exactly identical. You don't know which one to pick. And we call – let's call the Scott Boris effect. That's why you're hating yeah. because of Scott Boris effect.
0: Well, he just said, you know, he said right off the bat that, you know, Cruz was interested in playing for Pittsburgh, so they went for Skeens. And then when we talked to Alex, he was saying that, you know, uh, everybody in the major leagues, uh, you know, the – well, not everybody, but the majority of people would say, you know, Skeens was the obvious choice. I love the way Alex said it. He goes, Skeens is the guy who will win you a World Series, you know, and you don't get those guys easily. And Because uh, I think the Pirates have proven the fact that now they're, they're for real. They're engaging. They're going to sign their new talent. You know, I really thought they were going to trade Brian Reynolds. They signed him to an eight-year contract. So, you know what? They're showing faith. I don't think Washington, and we, we talked about it off the air. We made a prediction, and you actually agree with me, which is pretty rare, I must mention. That, that Pittsburgh would probably make the playoffs before the Nationals would. So that's yeah, totally. why I'm asking, you know.
1: Totally. I mean, you know, that, there's so much going on in negotiations. There's so much that goes on. Like, I remember when I signed with the Rangers, right? The, uh, Texas Rangers, the reason why I went there, I was bad. My back hurt. There's a stadium where it's hot, warmer. At other places, I could have gone to New York. I could go to another place. Remember, Scott takes everything into it, he takes all the little things that we're like, either, you know, Hitting coach, pitching coach, whoever For him, it was a hitting coach because Cruz is a great hitter. But, of course, you got to make sure that you want to negotiate. And not I don't want to say in good faith. I'm not saying Pittsburgh didn't negotiate in good faith. But th- was it a They had the most money. They would have found
0: the money to give it to him, I'm sure. You know what I mean?
1: That's what I'm thinking. I think that's – so it had to be something where – not I don't think he didn't want to go to Pittsburgh. I just think that, hey, I, I think, first of all, the pitcher was a better choice, I think, for – yeah, I yeah, always think the pitcher is a better choice. as <laughs> it is. Because it, it, it is. It's just the reality. I'm sorry. All right. But I, but I do I do think there is, there is something to be said that there's teams that don't want to negotiate with Scott for some reason because they don't like him. There's a lot of front office that don't like Scott. It's unfortunate because, you know, if a front office doesn't like a player because of Scott, well, they're cheating their fans. So I think it goes both ways. I understand, like, everybody's going to complain, oh, what's the difference with $9 million or $8 It's a million dollars. So what's the difference? Why does a team that's worth billions of dollars worry about that $1 million? If that player is going to make that team better for years to come, why are they not spending that money? Like, Yeah, there's, but like I know, said, I think Pittsburgh
0: would have spent the money. And, you know, maybe I'm just making a big deal out of nothing because, you know, maybe schemes might have been the better choice. But when you look statistically, in I think the last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, it was a big chunk of time. The least amount of success for the first overall pick were, were pitchers, second catchers, injuries, injuries got, development. Got, is a, Yeah, exactly. And,
1: that, but the, the the predictability of a hitter is hard. We talked about it a little bit earlier about the wood bats and metal bats are different. It's hard. And then I still believe that you build teams on pitching, you build team on defense. And, of course, it's great to have an A-Rod or, you know, compare it to Mike Trout. That's amazing. Whoever did that prediction, like, that, that's a big one. That's no IQ. kidding. I'd hate it,
0: man. You just get drafted but someone say, hey, you're the next Mike Trout." Well, fuck off, man. Just give me – I haven't done anything yet. I haven't even signed my contracts. Let me play it. Just shut up. Let me be me and just like, see what happens, you know. You know I like that piece of yeah. – because, me, I mean, it was a deep draft, you know. I think uh, most yeah. people say the top five, the, the first five could have been like a first overall pick in any other year. I like the Langford one in Florida for some reason. I'm the one that that's, – that's what I yeah, that got too. my money on.
1: That's hard. That's It's a hard. hard. I mean, the draft is hard. Baseball is such a sport. that has so many variables. I mean, you have a mental attitude. You have a, you know, you have, you have talents, you have the skills and everything else, but a lot comes into play a lot. It's a game of failure. So, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't the right fit. So I like, I like who picked it. I like their pick. That's a great pick. And I, I don't think Scott, anything. I, of course, Scott has some to do with it. Maybe slightly. They his job is to get the most for his players and where his players want to go that's the most important thing Uh. I remember and that's just the way it is, so uh, it's okay.
0: No, you know what? I'll give him that because I mean, the, the guy, all these guys coming up, you know, Kibri- Brian Hayes might not never be the hitter that people thought he was going to be, but he's an amazing third baseman. O'Neill Cruz will come back from his injury. Those who replaced him did a pretty good job. You know, Nick Gonzalez at second base is growing up really well. Uh, Henry Davis, you know, went off to a good start. You know, he's slowing down, which is normal when you come up from AA, or it was a Double A or Double A Triple A. But anyway, you know, we. You know, I'm... I'm, I'm
1: You're the, the expert. You're the expert. You know all, so much in minor leagues. That's pretty... That's impressive. Thank you. Well, that's
0: my whole idea of this podcast is entirely based on trying to impress you. That's, that's exactly the only reason why I'm doing this. But what I'm you saying is like, You
1: did. You do in the minor league side, yes. Thank you. you. But
0: you know what? Pitching-wise, you know, they got Oviedo. Uh, is doing okay. had a good start, but he was slowing down. Keller, after all these years, is finally showing up to be like, you know, a front ace. He's at the All-Star game right now. So, so yeah, based on that on the fact that they've had a hard time developing, you know, good pitchers. The last one is Garrett Cole. Uh, you know, that actually had an impact, a really huge impact on the game. We you know with the rest of the story. So, I'll give him schemes.
1: It goes back to where you going to pay a guy $40 million a year to pitch every five days, or are you going to pay a guy $40 million to play every day? And I think, that you know, you're going to answer that with the players. You're going to get the players that play every day. You want to pay them. That's why you can always go get those. That's why you draft pitchers.
0: Yeah. But you know, because we, we're talking about it, uh, because we're actually watching the guys from uh, from Quebec being drafted, and uh, there's a young kid called uh, Jeremy, um, yeah. uh, Pilon, Jeremy Pilon. Jeremy yep. Pelon, you've actually coached oh, him. He's 17 years old. He was drafted last year, didn't sign. He drafted again this year on, uh, at 17 years old. Um, he's got the option of heading off to Alabama, which is an amazing school, It's a huge yep. school. I mean, it's SEC. You know, it's not. And you know, at, and the Tampa, uh, the Rays uh, drafted him. Rays. One of the best drafting teams uh, in the last 10 years. Rarely get it wrong. I mean, which I rarely get it wrong. It's a big comment, you know, when you know that 80% of the guys don't make it. But what I'm saying is, like, especially pitching-wise, they have a keen eye eye for, like, you know, young talent on the mound. Uh, But, you know, if you're going to be drafted in the 18th round, and I might go to Alabama, I'm not signing for – because I think it goes – it should be about, like, 50 grand. It's about 50 grand, uh, the signing bonus, if you're drafted in the 18th round. You're gonna go with most of. the and I'm not just using that Quebec kid. I'm using him as an example, obviously. But I mean, all the guys who were drafted eight, in, in round mm-hmm. 18, obviously, probably have uh, college options. Not probably, they all do. So it's like pay up, otherwise I'll make that yeah. the, that nil money when I go down south.
1: And I think that's why he got drafted in 18 round, not in the first five rounds. I think he's a you know, he's a top he's a top end guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of those guys, super young. Uh, he, he works hard. He came over by himself with his dad and he came over to work out. He's a plus pitcher. He's going to be really, really good. He's got great options, I think, for him just to stay healthy, you know, work hard, stay healthy. And he's got – I mean, his curveball is, is – it's a major league curveball. And it's really Already at 17. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's legit. It's really, really good. It's, it's insane. And he throws 92, 93. I think he touched 94. Lefty. Yeah, he's got big legs. He's got big frame. He's going to be good. I mean, that's impressive. And let's not forget about the other French Canadian kid, Pierre Olivier Boucher.
0: Yeah, he's and, uh, drafted but, you know, the tenth round by the uh, by the Braves. Should start in the, yep. in I hey, hi hey. A yeah. I uh, twenty three years old. Yeah,
1: that's cool. That's fun. We got so two it's, of it's fun. them. I mean, it's fun. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hopefully, actually, they represent yeah. us well.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure Greg Hamilton's got him on his radar, and actually. Uh, but the thing we didn't do a good job. We didn't even we didn't uh, look for, at, at uh, all the other Canadians. Sorry, you know, we kind of take the French kid, you know, but uh, yeah, exactly. Well, we we got got
1: got Miles, Naylor, Miles Naylor, Miles Matt Duffy, Conor O'Laughren, Sam Shaw. Every uh, I can't. There's no way I can pronounce that right. pierre <laughs> Jérémy Pilon, L. Lange, No, L. Langevin, yeah. No, he right? wasn't.
0: Was he drafted? No, he wasn't. He went, people thought he was going to go, but he, but he wasn't.
1: Hayden Miller, blah, blah, Anyway. Yeah, we're well, no. Was,
0: and like Greg said, I mean, you know, baseball in Canada is getting, you know, better and better and stronger and stronger. And so, I mean, you know, we used to have like a parade if a guy dra- was drafted in the first or second round. Now it's like, you know, we almost expect it. And, uh, you know, Miles Naylor, you know, the third brother, right? And that's amazing. I mean, three Canadian brothers drafted. All three were drafted. The first two were drafted in the first round. Uh, Josh, what? Went to number 12. Bo, I'll say anything. I think it was 27th or 26th or something like that. And now uh, Miles, uh, 39th, man. It's it's a comparable to the Drew brothers. The three yep. Drew brothers were also drafted. Uh, two of them were in the first round the second round. So there you go, That's man.
1: A exactly. I wish Cleveland would have drafted him. Cleveland, that would have been amazing. That All would have three been
0: great. Twice. Imagine... You know at, at that point you're just asking the mom to have it out of a kid you know it's like
1: yeah. uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need a closer so you hey folks this is all the time we had man once again with great time you know great spending time with you uh we can actually watch the you know that 3 to 2 yeah. the national league would actually win that game man it's like uh, the, like i said the oh, uh, in
1: Kimbrell's in wow I that's know. my I like that's my boy 400 save this year that's cool
0: that's probably why he's in cuz i think they used the adder at, oh no way no way is it is it out Oh, that was pretty close, man. All right, two down.
1: First one down. Okay.
0: Anyway, sorry, ADHD man. That's what happens. We're watching the game while we're doing a podcast. What a bad idea! If you want to follow us on uh, on social media, here are all the addresses. Uh, Here's where you can find us. Um, You know, we post videos once in a while. Questions for you. We're gonna get some trivia involved, man. Everybody loves trivia. I love trivia. I'm sorry. We gotta get some. uh, But you know, we're just learning. This is the sixth episode. Thanks for being part of this uh, nice uh, you know, little project that we have, uh, Gags and I. Churning. Uh, for being part of the journey. Exactly. Here are all the names of the people who actually uh, are producing, co-producing the show, helping us out with social media, uh, just, just getting things running. So thanks for being there. And uh, we'll see each other. Actually, the next podcast is uh, on the 23rd of August, which is just Sunday. Because on the Monday, I got a show. And on the Tuesday, you're out of town. So we're doing it on the 23rd on a Sunday. Thanks for being there. And uh, all we can say is... Game over. <laughs> we got to work on that. La partie est
1: terminée. <laughs> La <partie> de... <laughs> Have a good night, folks. <laughs>